contention no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today she shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said she will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Audu, head pastor, ICGC Yawa Temple, East Ligon. Father, we thank you for making it possible for us to hear your word this evening. We ask of your spirit and your grace to grant us illumination and understanding of your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your word bring us healing, restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus and deliverance, grant us clarity. In the mighty name of Jesus, I call it done. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 9. It shows you of God's grace as, as the fact that it keeps covenant. It shows you of the faithfulness of God. It shows you that God is able to do when man's strength even fails. A man does not even have hope. God still comes through for us. It makes us to realize that God does not forget his own, irrespective of wherever and whatever you are going through and wherever you are. It makes us to understand that the walk with God will have so many phases in terms of the challenges that we go through, but God still will preserve us and bring us out. You have to know that you need to be encouraged. Sometimes you cannot predict, sometimes you cannot even explain whatever goes on around you, and sometimes you wish you could, you could see, sometimes you wish you could understand. But sometimes you cannot understand or we cannot tell or we cannot explain what we go through. And sometimes it's a bit challenging and a bit worrying. And, and, and so we, we, we go through all kinds of sleepless nights. We go through all kinds of, of, of thoughts that afflict us and challenge our life because we don't have clear understanding of what we go through. No matter how we even try. We even pray and you cannot even understand it. And this scripture about Mephibosheth goes a long way to be able to encourage us to let us understand and to know that no matter how it tarries, no matter how it tarries, God still can do something out of nothing. God still can do something out of nothing. And so I read, he said, now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Micaiah, the son of Amir, in Lodiba. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Micaiah, the son of Amir, from Lodiba. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said to Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And will restore to you all the land of your soul, your grandfather. And he shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant, that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belong to Saul, and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servant shall work the land for him, and he shall bring in the harvest, that your master's son may have food to eat. 
But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. And Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded, his servants, so your servant do. As Mephibosheth said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table and was lame in both his feet. If you look at this scripture carefully, I want to analyze the scriptures with you. If you look at this scripture carefully, you will realize that it so explains to us the situation surrounding the lives of Mephibosheth and the situation under which or the condition by which David also came into the palace. You will understand from the previous readings or from understanding that Mephibosheth was not actually born lame, but he became lame due to circumstances when his whole house was ravaged and was attacked. And when his nurse decided to run with, with him, and then in the process, he broke his legs. He became a liability. He became a challenge. That that condition actually demoralized him. He broke his confidence. He broke everything. He lost everything from his royalty status to a debasing state. To the extent that he went into a place called Lodiba, the place of no communication. He has to go and live with one of the servants. He has to be taken care of. Now something he used to enjoy is no more enjoying it. His taste has changed. His environment has changed. His situation has changed. It has become something he never anticipated or imagined could happen to him. In life, within a twinkle of an eye, everything can turn around. That is why we have to understand that life is unpredictable. The only one that can predict life, the only one that can speak of life, is the owner and the controller of life. That is God himself. Bible says that all things are in his hands. All things are in his hands. And he said he sits in the circles of the earth. In other words, he's able to control and to know times and seasons. It is only him that can tell us what will happen tomorrow. And and, and Bible says that he said because we live, we can face tomorrow. But we can face tomorrow because greater is he that is in us than the one that is in the world. Without God in our life, without Christ in our life, we, we don't have a hope. We don't have an expectation. Because we live this life each day as it comes to us. In the same vein, Mephibosheth never anticipated or expected that anything bad could happen to him. He was not born with a condition, but his journey of life made him to have that condition. A lot of us were not born with certain conditions, either by sickness or by other things today. Maybe you were born as a nice person, but right now you have, made, you have turned into a monster. Why? Because of situation and the things you entered through or you went through. I always said that it is not what comes to us, but how we handle what comes to us. The same thing happened to Mephibosheth. And David then also has gone through so many trials, charms, and challenges. And, and now as he met eventually with the blessings of God, the anointing of God of his life, now sits upon the throne of Israel, which has to do with the three tribes. Now he's ruling and controlling. He entered into the palace and seeks for the life of one of the children of Jonathan to be able to honor. And then a servant appears and says, Hey, I know where this son is. He is in Lodiba. And David said, go and bring him. He comes and David restores him. When you look at this story, Mephibosheth had to be in Lodiba for a very long time. I believe he has even given up all hope. He never thought that there could be any visitation upon his life at any time. He has given up all hope because his father is dead, his grandfather is dead, and everybody that is supposed to have reached out to their dead, his life was in danger, and that is why he's hiding where he is hiding. Life has brought him low, and he has to accept wherever he is. And to be able to keep 
do with what is coming into his hands and what he's enjoying or what he doesn't even have. He has to be able to get do with the status that has been reduced from a palace status to a slum status. He has to get do with what he eats. His tastes have changed from the food he eats at the palace now to a place where he has to eat anything that was given to him. He has no choice. He has no attendant. He has no servant attending to him. He is by himself. And sometimes life, things can let loose out of your life that you don't even have control. There is nothing you can do. And, and you can imagine this story of Mephibosheth tells us that no matter how it keeps long, no matter what happens to us, God will still be able to restore us when all hope is lost. Mephibosheth, if we put it in right context, could have even killed himself. Because what is the use of he now becoming paralyzed and lame? What is the use of losing his royal status to now go into a place where he now has to eat what he doesn't even enjoy eating? He has to live under conditions he's not even good at. And, and yet he has to adjust. Sometimes we go through things and if you don't take time, you would even destroy your own future or destroy your life because you cannot actually bear or reconcile why you should go through all those things. All of us have gone through all those kinds and we still go through. You see people going through all things and they cannot explain. And sometimes you feel you have all the power and all the money and all the resources and all the energy to be able to, to deliver such people and to help them. My heart breaks when I see people going through trial times. Right? My heart breaks when I see people going through need. My heart breaks when I see people going through challenging times because it is not easy. It is not easy to go through things. It's not easy. It's not easy. It is one thing to say be strong. It's another thing to go through with those people. And all of us, we meet people like that. We feel, we feel so burdened to help. But sometimes we are limited in resource or limited in strength to help. The same thing applies to Mephibosheth. His life was shattered. All hope was gone. But I am here to let you know and to encourage you again that it is not yet over. It's not yet over. It's a phrase that comes to encourage you to let you know that there is always an opportunity again. There is always light at the end of the tunnel. There is always light. There was always light. There is a story I heard so many years ago from a renowned man of God in South Africa. This man is a, a very strong man of God. He is also a businessman. And, and when I went there, this man of God came and he was supposed to share something with us. And, and he said something that he was then like a drug addict. He went through all kinds of things. And, and, and one day he was sleeping in a, in a tunnel. In that tunnel, the, the place, he was wearing tattered clothes. I mean, smells, thinking smells of urine and everything. You know how it is like. I mean, a, a very debasing, devastating place and, 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 and things that even would not inspire you. He was lying there and he was contemplating how to even end his life and all kinds of things were going on through his mind. Then all of a sudden, he saw a plant. A little tender plant that has shot out of that ground in the tunnel. And this plant looks promising. And when he saw it, the Lord used that to speak to his heart. That is how he got convicted and got converted. And that is where he confessed the Lord and gave his life to Christ. Because he made him understand that even in that place where he thought there is no hope, where he was sleeping, when there is no anything, and he was even contemplating to die, a plant had the audacity. A plant has the audacity to grow in that debasing and that useless place that he could describe it to be. And he looks at his life as a useless life. He looked at his life as not having no meaning. He looked at life and thought that is the end of him. And then he sees this plant with hope. 
beaming with hope and, 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 and flourishing. It changed his mind. And that was the end of his addiction. That was the end of his challenge. He turned around and became something better. Now he stands out as a renowned person. He stands out as somebody that is great doing impact in the world. All of us have gone through challenges like that. You meet people when they share their stories with you. You will know that once upon a time they were at a place where they, they were at the lowest end of their life. They lost everything. They lost money. They lost investment. They lost uh, uh, career. They lost businesses. They lost opportunities. They lost so many things. Some even went to jail. Some even were put in prison. Some even went into drugs. Some went into prostitution. Some went into so kinds of things, so many things that they, they, they never expected they would go through because they were, they were at a certain level and all of a sudden the, the unfortunate wind of the enemy, the unfortunate wind of, of life blew them and blew everything away and left them with nothing. Friends dejected them, rejected them. They were left alone. They, they contemplated suicide many times, but they came through and today God has turned their life around and they have become an inspiration and a blessing. So we listen to them, not by their words, but we listen to them because they survived. They survived. They survived it. They survived it. And if they survive it, I am here to let you know you can also survive. Ah, I said you will survive. You will survive. It does not matter what you have gone through. You will survive. I like always to say of this about people that have gone through things. If it shut people's life. It is when you meet any person that has really made it in life, don't just ask him of his success. Ask him of his pain. Ask him of his pain because through his pain, you will understand and appreciate his sources. Don't get to be envious of people's success when you have not asked them of the sacrifice and the pain they have been able to go through to get to wherever they are. Paul says that trouble me no more because I bear in my marks the stripes of Christ. Sometimes we wear the clothes, we look nice, we look sharp with the makeups and with the suit. We look so nice to people and look cute. But behind the scenes, behind the curtains are bruises, that, there, are, there are marks, there are pains, there are, there are things we are enduring with. Ah, it was said of the word of God, and he said, and Paul inquired and prayed, consistent that the Lord would take away this from me. And the Lord said, he would take away the tongue from me. He said, my grace is sufficient for you in this tongue. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are listening from me, I know you might be going through things. Remember, you are going through stress from work, or you are going through challenges from friends that have dejected you, or from marriage, or from relationship, or from whatever from all kinds of abuse. You might be contemplating suicide. You might be contemplating giving up. All kinds of things are going through on in your mind. I want you to know that whatever you are going through, you are not the only one to have gone through it. The devil sometimes magnifies our problems and makes us feel that we are the only people that are going through it. Like the other day, Elijah said, kill me and let me die. I am the only prophet living. What is the use of me living? And God told him that I have 450 prophets who have not bowed down their knee unto bow. In other words, sometimes what we go through becomes peculiar to us and we think we are the only one going through. The devil will come to give us all kinds of bad images and pictures and be able to flip it through to be able to make us think that, oh, that is the end of you. You see your God has rejected you. You see your God has left you. You see your friends have let you down and all those things. Why should you even continue to live? End it all. But you see, sometimes when that happens, you have to know one thing. That once you have life, once you have life, once you have life, once you have life, the same way this life is unpredictable is the same way in your lowest ebb God can turn things around at the twinkle of an eye and your, and your bad shape will turn into a better shape. It will turn into a better shape. So I want you to be encouraged. 
keep your faith. Continue to, to press on and don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Mephibosheth did not give up. He was in a challenging place and yet there was an intervention. There was an intervention. I want to amplify this into your ears. The reason why you don't need to give up. The reason why you don't need to give up is because your destiny helper will surely appear. Give me Psalm 59 verse 16 to 17. Your destiny helper will surely appear. God is the architect of our life. Is the architect I said the God is the architect of our life. God is the architect of our life. Psalm 59 verse 16 and 17. He said, but I will sing of your power. I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. Why? For you have been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. God is our defense and our refuge in the day of trouble. Whatever you are going through now, whatever you are going through now, which is your day of trouble, your day of challenge, your day of, of, of people abandoning you, you might be going through something that men cannot even appreciate or understand your story. And you cannot even explain what you are going through or even have a clue how to be able to deal with it. I want you to know that God is our defense and our refuge in the day of trouble. 16 and 17 said to you, my oh my strength, I will sing praises for God is my defense, my God of mercy. God is always merciful. He was always merciful. And when Mephibosheth thought all hope was lost, there comes David into the palace. David was the destiny helper of Mephibosheth. And I am here to announce to somebody, your destiny helper is coming. Your destiny helper is coming. In that place where you have been left in that place where you have been ransacked, in that place where you have been stripped off, in that place where you don't have hope again to be able to think and to do whatever you have to do. I just want you to know that your destiny helper is coming. Your destiny helper is coming. The reason why you don't need to give up by this story is that because God is a God of seasons and times. God is a God of seasons and times. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1 to 4. God is the God of seasons and times. He said to everything there is a season. There is a season. There is a season. There is a season for everything. You went through it today. There is another season of a lifting up. To everything there is a season. That is why you don't need to give up. That is why I can assure you that it is not yet over. It's a, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time for every purpose under heaven. We were born to fulfill purpose. We were born to fulfill an assignment. And as far as the earth remains day and night. Ah, my covenant will not break with you, say yes the Lord. As long as the earth remains seed time and harvest time, I will not break my covenant. Ah, Masakata. I am here to encourage you that it is not yet over. I came this evening not to preach but to encourage somebody. To encourage somebody who is sitting there and thinks that what where would my help come from? Ah, the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. For where comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. Your God and my God is our helper. That is why you don't need to give up. He says that a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. And verse 3 says that a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. This is the time to build up. This is the time to build up. Wherever you have been broken, this is the time for you to be built up. I prophesy into your life. May you rise up from your pain. May you rise up from your ashes. May you rise up from your place of nothingness. May you rise up from the place where you are falling to the base of and may you be built up again in the name of Jesus. Wherever you have been broken down, may the Lord build you up. May the Lord build you up in the name of Jesus. 
build your businesses up build your finances up build your marriage up build your health up build your ministry up in the mighty name of jesus and the verse four he says that he said a time to weep and a time to laugh it is not the time for you to laugh if you have been weeping i want you to know that there is another phase of weeping he said there is a time to weep ah but after weeping there is a time to laugh you have been weeping this is the time for you to laugh that is why you don't need to give up because god is a god of seasons and time ah it is time for you to laugh is that a time to mourn and a time to dance you have mourned because you have lost a loved one you are mourning because you have lost a business you are mourning because you lost a job you are mourning because you lost a marriage you are mourning because you lost a child you are mourning because you have lost something vulnerable but i am here to know that because god is a god of seasons and times man tabasakaya you were mourning before but now it is time for you to dance it means that when you are coming out of mourning you are entering into a dancing period when you are coming out of weeping you are entering into a laughter season so if you are here now and you are weeping i decree to you that your next phase of life is your laughter if you are here and you are mourning your next phase of life is a dance if you are here and you are broken down your next phase is a build-up can you scream in your room and say i am coming back again i am coming back again you are bouncing back big time because God is a God of seasons and times. Genesis chapter 18 verse 10 to 40. Let me show you. Ah, God is a God of seasons and times. He said, I will certainly, God, the angels that were visiting, visited Abraham and, and after everything they have eaten and drunk and they made a promise. Abraham has been waiting upon the promise of God when he was at age 75 and you look at everything has gone bad. There is nothing that could change in his life. I said it is not yet over. Ah, I am sharing with you men of faith that endured and he said I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. Ladies and gentlemen, God is a God of seasons and times. There is a time of life. There is a time of life. He said and behold Sarah your wife shall have a son. Not Sarah your wife will. He said your Sarah your wife shall have. It is a fulfilled promise. He said, Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Why was she? Because it's like she has waited and she's waited for up to a point and feel that she has waited in futility. But God does not forget his promises. He said now Abraham and Sarah were old. I like the way the Bible sometimes are captured. They made us to understand and to appreciate the situation. It means that he wants you to know that at this time that God is coming and speaking to Abraham for the fulfillment he gave him 75 years old. At this time when he was speaking to Abraham, everything has kaput. Everything has ended. There is no hope again. Everything has gone beyond the anticipation of men, the interventions of men, of medical science, of everything. If you want to present in our contemporary context today, the gynecologist will say that it is not possible for them to give birth. They, I mean, everything has gone bad. If you want to place it in, in, in business terms, it means that the, the business has gone low to the point that it cannot be savage. If you want to put it in marital terms, it means that it is well gone beyond the time where it could have been saved. If you wanted to put it in health terms, it means that the health of the person has deteriorated beyond what it's supposed to be. He said, now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. Well advanced in age. It is not when everything is ripe. It is not when the organs are there, the hormones are there, and everything is there. It is when everything has been depleted. The eggs have been depleted. The energy of Abraham has been depleted. He cannot even function again and he says Sarah had passed the age of childbearing he's passed that age of childbearing which means that the clock the time is 
against her. What do you do when the time is against you? As I am speaking to somebody now, your friends have gone ahead. Time is against you. Age is catching up on you. you your promise is delaying. When will that thing be? You entered into that trouble. You entered into that challenge for some time now. Age has catch, is catching up on you. You are seeing some wrinkles. There is no money or way to marry you. Age is catching up on you. The situation has not yet improved. But I am here to let you know that God is a God of times and seasons. He is a God of chance. He is a God of times and seasons. He said he has passed the age of childbearing, which means that the situation is beyond repair. Is beyond savage. And verse 12 says that he says, he said, therefore Sarah laughed within herself. A lot of us could be laughing. As I'm preaching to you now, you might be laughing. He said, oh, man of God, if God would have done it, he should have done it long ago. Forget about it. I've given up already. Whether he does it or he doesn't do it, I am okay. Because I cannot leave him. Yes, I know. I understand how it is. Sometimes we pray over things. We wait for things until we get tired. We get tired that we don't even want to, to, to be able to destroy our heart. So we don't even want to anticipate or we don't even want to have have hope again, but we just want to go through the motions of life oscillating as we go are you understand what I'm saying, I know I have been there with you before, where you give God an ultimatum, and then the time comes and nothing happens, you give him another ultimatum, nothing happens, where you say I'm going to fast this time, when I finish fasting, something will happen, you finish fasting and nothing is happening, you said this time, I am going to enter into spiritual warfare, I am dealing from my father's background, from the grave to whatever, you did everything, you have to confess everything, you have to confess, and yes Still nothing is happening. Am I, am I preaching to somebody here? Where do you do all the prophetic directions and, and you do everything, not what the prophet even told you, what you yourself, you know, you did it and, and, and nothing happens. Where you pray and sometimes you want to give up and God will come and speak to you expressly. Not what a, past, a prophet is telling you, a pastor is telling you yourself in your prayer. You hear God speaking to you and telling you, encouraging you and giving you all the hopes and through scriptures and everything. You get so convicted and convinced and said, you know just by the dawn of day, something is going to happen and then the day breaks and it turns into months, it turns into years it turns into months, am I preaching to somebody here, so you, you get to that point and that if God would have done it, you would have done it long ago, you would have done it it's not yet over. And that is where Sarah got to. Sarah have to laugh. And, and a lot of us sometimes we laugh within ourselves. You can imagine when you have done it, everything. And you go someplace and then a pastor is preaching. He calls you and gives you a prophecy. He's like, you have heard that prophecy many times. You have heard it. Not that you have not heard it. You have heard it many times. You waited for it. Never came. You went into a church, a revival program. And by the end of the program, you realize that, Charlie, by tomorrow, something is going to happen. And tomorrow comes and nothing happens. You sow seed into it. You connected to it. You did everything, but nothing is showing. I am here to let you know it is not yet over it is not yet over Sarah laughed within herself saying after after I have grown old shall I have pleasure my lord being old also if you could have done it why didn't you do it all this while why didn't you do it why do I have to wait why should Mephibosheth wait for all these years where is God who made a promise to, to Jonathan where is God who spoke to me first of all? where is God all of us, I am waking up sometimes out of dream. God telling me because I am trying to fight whatever I, because I am waiting on something. I am enduring on something. I have prayed over it. I have fasted over it. I have believed in for it. As a man of God, I've, I, I lay hands on people and things happen to their life and, and their marriages and their wives are conceiving. They are giving birth. People can have even fibroid. I look at it and say, it's not fibroid. Doctor say fibroid. I say, it is a baby and they will go and check and it's a baby. Tubes that have been cut off and I will prophesy and all of a sudden they will go and their wives were pregnant with baby not one triple 
triplets or twins, they will give birth. Am, am I talking to somebody? I, I can lay hands on you. I can declare or speak a word and you have a miracle. It doesn't matter how many years you have even been able to even not to have a child. I have come to the Lord several times, battle with him and, 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 and desire of his grace to visit my home and to visit my life with a child. I have delivered and I believe it. You see, we stand in this pulpit and we preach to you and you think we have not gone through anything. What things have you not gone through? But at the end of the day, God says, still I'm going to do it. But hear me, I came to let you know, it is not yet over. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Whatever you are going through, it is not yet over. It is not yet over. Men of God will be suffering with certain sickness and disease, yet they lay hands on people with the same sickness and disease and they are healed. And they are healed. They will work with that money in their pocket. But they will pray for people and they will bless and their business will be expanding and they will be doing yet their business will be struggling. It is not yet over. It is not yet over. Sarah laughed. We all laugh. She laughed within herself. I just want to share with you to let you know that we work with God daily by faith and believing Him. We don't give up because He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. So you don't think, and you look at me and say, he's standing here encouraging me, does he know what I've gone through? Go and check what we have gone through. The journey where God picked us from, and what we have gone through to here, every day we believe in. Because at, when there is a mourning, there is, there is a joy time. When there is a weeping time, there is a laughter. Saying within myself, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. Verse 13, he says, and the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child, since I am old? That God knows our thoughts and knows our hearts. God bless you. Shalom and peace to you. God of love, God of power. Thank you for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yawa Temple, East Lingon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more practical teachings from Reverend Ismaila Awudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlingon.com or email yawatempleicgc at gmail.com. Do contact us on 57 or 057-226-0434. Worship with us on Sundays, Maximum Life Service, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tuesdays, Masterclass Service, 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Fridays, Breakthrough Service, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. <laughs>